0: This is the RTI
1: Press Pass with Rick Butler, Ryan Shumpert, and Jack Foster.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass podcast. My name is Rick Butler. To my left, that's Ryan Shumpert. To my right, that's Jack Foster. And for the final time this season... We are overlooking an empty Neyland Stadium as Tennessee comes away with the win over rival Vanderbilt by a score of 48-24. to 24. There's a lot to get into with this game, but we'll just start with first impressions. Ryan?
1: Well, hello, guys. I, I mean, I, the first impressions, man. I don't know why it threw me off. It's a very basic question, <laughs> but, but it did. Let me. Let me can I, I'll start you out with this. How you doing? I'm doing good.
0: good. I'm doing well. You're doing good.
1: Yes, I guess my first impression, I mean, it's just kind of the basic. Tennessee did what they should have done, and they took care of business Uh, against a a Vanderbilt team that's not very good, and they were 27-point favorites against, despite the fact that Tennessee had played horrible the last two weeks and had gotten blown out. So uh, I thought, especially Tennessee's offense, I thought that might have been the most polished they were all year. I definitely thought it was the best game Joe Milton played all year, uh, and certainly a a good way for – Tennessee to end the season on good good vibes. I mean, we talked about it last week, how the season's kind of been a disappointment. But the big strength for you know, the good things they didn't let the bottom fall out. And uh, a loss today certainly would have been the bottom falling out. They didn't let the bottom fall out. They took care of business. It, it was, I was going to say drama-free. There was some drama during the game, <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily about what the score was. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tennessee took care of business. I guess that's my, my initial thought.
0: Jack? Yeah. Jack, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing
2: great, man. Um, last game I covered as a student tonight, so there there's that it's a little, way to go. Way hits, to go! It's a little differently. Lots of games I've covered as a student, but uh, go walk that stage. Last one tonight, and what a way for Joe Milton to go out, right? His, I mean, maybe his last game as of all. We will see in the bowl game, but just certainly his last game in Knoxville. What? What's the face,
1: Ryan? The face is that I just looked over here, and Rick has WWE up on his. Oh phone. yeah,
2: oh, I was and, I wanna th- and I want to and throw him off. I was gonna out make of the fun him box. for it for a
0: second, but then I was like, Nah, man, I respect. It. I've missed. I don't first, I've missed the first hour and a half already. It's no different than putting up a college football game.
1: It is so much worse, and I'm glad you just said it out loud. So all our listeners, <laughs> Survivor Series. Do you
0: realize where we are? We're in East Tennessee. There are so many more wrestling fans than you think That's it's one of the birthplaces of You have told
1: me this. That's probably true. There probably is more. There's people listening to But I can promise you there is a whole lot more college football fans listening to us than there are <laughs> well, WWE fans. Well, well, there's a
0: crossover, let me tell you.
1: There probably is a crossover. Venn diagram's not massive, though.
2: <laughs> hey. That's a good uh, word. Vin Digram. Good to pull that
1: yeah. out. C- Respect. I, K- K- I, think used, I think I used <laughs> it earlier. Circles are overlapping. Okay, sorry. I got us off
2: top. But back bit. to the ball. Yeah, back to ball. Uh twenty-two of thirty-two, <laughs> three eighty-three, four tutties, also two on the ground, six total touchdowns. <laughs> That's the most touchdowns accounted for by a Tennessee quarterback since Jonathan Cropton had six against Memphis in November of 09 So we're talking about fourteen years yeah. ago. A really good performance from Joe tonight. Probably his best game in a Tennessee uniform, I'd say. Of course, it's Vanderbilt. It's a much easier opponent than Clemson when he had a good Orange Bowl performance. But, hey, six touchdowns, the numbers don't lie. This was probably his best game in Orange and White.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I don't think there was, like, a moment, maybe one play there late in the drive. I think it was maybe his last drive when he went three and out, where he was scrambling on third down, and I felt like he should have ran for it and threw it down the field. That was, like, the only moment today where I was like, man, what's, what's Joe doing? Like, what was that decision-making by Joe? Yeah. And... Granted, again, a lot of receivers running open it makes it easier, but most games this year, even the games against UConn and Austin P and UTSA, there were moments where it's like, what's what's Joe seeing on that play? Yeah. Uh, so I think, again, your, your point's accurate is Vanderbilt. You're not gonna just crown the guy for having a good game against Vanderbilt. You know, if Joe was coming back, this wouldn't necessarily change the dynamic of how we saw him in his future, but given the fact that he has played worse against worse than he did today against worse teams than Vanderbilt, I think you yeah. have to be complimentary of how he played and certainly say that that was Joe Milton going out, uh, at least going out in his Neyland Stadium finale in the right way.
0: Yeah, and here's where I'll give Joe Milton a little bit of credit, too, is something we've talked about in the last couple weeks is Tennessee has struggled to maintain drives. They've struggled to get them going, and then they've struggled to maintain that. You look at the, kind of the score sheet right here, and there were five straight possessions that Tennessee had that ended up in points. Two touchdowns, a field goal, and then two touchdowns again. That ranged from the first quarter all the way to the Uh, I I believe the first possession of the third quarter, uh, 39 yards, 73 yards, 59 yards, 54 yards, and 80 yards. Much better job today of creating those drives and then being able to consistently uh, maintain them throughout the game. And, again, I know everything that we said is, you know, said with a grain of salt, and, and Vanderbilt does go winless in the SEC this year, so you take that into consideration. But that's also something that Tennessee has struggled with you know, I, I was a struggle at the beginning of the season, even against some of the non-conference opponents. So I, I do look at that right there, the five straight scoring drives, uh, all of them above 40 yards, some of them up to 73 to 80 yards. I, I, I look at that as a big win for Tennessee's offense.
2: And how about Tennessee's defense, too? Uh, look at that first drive from Vanderbilt right down the field. Yeah. Holy oh, They cow. marched. Look, it was so fast. It's like five or six plays? Seven to seven, yeah. Four plays, 73 four plays. yards, if I remember Ooh. correctly. Um, and the clock was 1134. I remember the figures. And it was seven to seven. Bam, bam. Yeah. Blow for blow, and it's like, okay, is yeah, we've seen Tennessee's defense really struggle last two weeks. Is Vandy going to give them fits today? Yeah, and yeah, Vandy scored 17 more points, but those are pretty, pretty insignificant, yeah. right? So Tennessee's defense, you know, bounced back really well after that drive, dominated Vanderbilt um, in that sense. I mean, it was 45 to 10, I think, at one point. So. You know, Vandy just scored a bunch of garbage touchdowns, if you will, down the stretch. And, but
1: yeah, and one of them was D. Williams multiple punt. Exactly, So Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. drive started at the five yard line, so that you know made it easier. And then the other one was, I think, the next drive in Tennessee. To your point, had a lot of third strings backups, and on a day where they were already starting with yeah, a lot of backups, yes. which obviously gets even further down the depth chart when Jack, you start replacing
0: those guys. Jack, and I'll, I'll give you credit there as well. I um, I have not flipped my page from the scoring drive sheet, but you look at some of Vanderbilt's drives and. Yes, there was one of 11, there was one of nine, but otherwise they didn't give it above six out of all the rest of the drives in the game, six plays in a drive. So again, Tennessee being able to do something that they have not been able to do very well in the last two weeks and they were able to get off the field in a relatively quick period of time, whether it be, you know, a five play drive, a six play drive, whatever it was from Vanderbilt. Uh, the Commodores struggled to move the ball, and I, I thought Tennessee's defense did, did a good job, especially kind of at the start of the third quarter when they forced three straight punts from, from Vanderbilt. And, you know, like you mentioned at the top of the show today, did what they needed to do to take care of business. 100%.
1: And, like, at that point in the game, it wasn't like you felt there was any thought Tennessee was going to lose. But talking about extending the lead and getting it out to extremely com- blowout out range as quickly as possible, Really, and, you know, in my mind, it was to get Niko Avin more time. And obviously didn't really work that way because they played, you know, they went to him at least one drive later than I would have, probably two, honestly. Um, but, yeah, the defense was good, and, and I talked about the third down defense a little bit. Vanderbilt goes 3-12 on third down. I think it was 1-9 and at one point before, you know, that last drive we were talking about when Vandy went down to scored. So, a good bounce back from there. And, and the formula was what you'd expect. I mean, Missouri and Georgia just did such a good job of staying ahead of the sticks and staying in third and intermediate and third and short. And Tennessee's defense, when it's really going to be as good on third downs as they can get into third and long, especially against outmatched offensive lines. And that's exactly what Vanderbilt was. Tennessee's pass rush, I thought, looked as good today as it has since Texas A&M, first half Alabama, one of those two. I mean, a long time. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Pass rush, too, it kind of been non-existent in the last been. couple of weeks. And Pierce had and Barron were, were wrecking A.J. Yeah. Swan all night, man. They yeah. were. Until he got taken out of the game. A.J. Swan. Uh, is I guess the, that Barron yeah Baron hit. is the one right. that he
0: got hurt on. And He's bandaged up tonight, A.J. Swan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Definitely.
1: And Pierce only had yeah.
0: half a sack, but,
1: I mean, he a lot of those third down plays, he was dragging the Swan to the ground. As he, a couple of the Swan throws, I couldn't believe that he got the throw off uh, yeah. with the, how quickly Pierce was on him, so. Uh, I thought, again, Pierce, both those guys, those are Tennessee's two best pass rushers. Both those guys were pretty dominant tonight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's kind of keep going on the same note. I, I think we've pretty much hit the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we've I, hit I a guess Jalen of the Jalen Wright would be of the to one other yeah, offense. 1, Jalen yards. Wright. Yeah.
2: Comes the 18th Tennessee running back to rush for 1,000 yards. It's the 19th time it's happened as Johnny – Pause. What? I was going to say pause. Quick pause, t-
1: five seconds for the people to try to guess. Okay, resume, tell us.
2: <laughs> well, I already said the first name. Yeah, you did. So, uh, Johnny Jones in the 80s, 83 and 84, um, had back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. But, yeah, uh, nice, you know, season for Jalen Wright capped off, and he hits the 1,000-yard mark. First time since Jalen Hurd, Tennessee running back, yeah. has done so. That was eight years ago in 2015. Wow. And the stat, I don't have the exact numbers, but I believe it was – north of 250 carries or almost at 250 carries Jalen Hurd needed to get a thousand yards right did it in 137 yeah. that shows how great Wright was this year in terms of efficiency and man I mean if they used him as a true workhorse which you know we've all argued they should have given him more carries throughout the season he could have had 13 1400 yards
1: oh 100 percent and yeah. you're right that, that part of it is kind of wowing I mean it doesn't feel like obviously we had to go through and look but he had 11 carries today. Like, how many games? Has he had any games where he's had more than 15 carries this season? I think 19 was his career
2: high. Okay. Or a season high. Against Texas A&M, maybe? Yeah. yeah. But Most, otherwise, I think you're right. Because when he went off against A&M, that's when uh, it was like, okay, is Jalen Wright, like, this good? And then, you know, the Bama game kind of went bad. But yeah. that A&M performance was the big one.
1: And I know you weren't saying You were just saying it to hype up. Right. You weren't saying it to diminish Jalen Hurd. I will say to Jalen Hurd's credit that year, he got 1,000 yards behind an offensive line that was <laughs> – pretty shaky yeah. uh, I always said one of Jalen Hurd's best features was Jalen Hurd turned a lot of especially his first two years uh
0: which I guess 15 would have been his second year
1: Jalen Hurd turned a lot of negative two yard runs into three yard runs sure. in his Tennessee career yeah. but obviously that's all I'm saying
0: well and again I think just looking at it from a macro perspective uh Jalen Wright's growth throughout his whole career here at Tennessee throughout the the couple of years it crazy it, it, it's been remarkable maybe dumbfounding is a better word just just and Josh Heupel has talked about this a couple times. We've talked about this a couple times. But just the way that he started as a player who outran everybody in high school and thought he could kind of get away with a similar thing, you look at what he is now, and he's a complete running back in every phase. I mean, he's physical. He has great vision. He's not afraid to run between the tackles. He's not afraid to bounce it to the outside. And he still retains that great speed from, from early on to his career. The growth has been nothing short of remarkable.
1: No, really, it really is crazy. And, I mean, 21, he got – his freshman year, he got so much run because he was the third running back and then tie on Jabari Small had shoulder injuries, Tyon on Evans obviously had a whole situation where he yep. transferred late in the season and missed a lot of time and, you know, you can see the talent there, mostly the speed um, and he wasn't very physically built but, so that that part of it doesn't surprise me. He's gotten bigger and he's, he's gotten more polished. I think the thing that's really crazy is just how much better his vision is. I remember yeah. that first in 21, like, he would miss holes, he yeah. would kind of, the Josh Ibel's line about wanting to run around guys, he would, Try to make things, you know. Try to gain 50 yards when he just needed to try to get four yards, and he ended up getting one yard. Uh, But this year, it's just his vision is so so good. I mean, night and and Jabari. I don't think Dylan Sampson has great vision. I think Jabari Small has good vision, and he's night and day better than both those guys with the patience he runs with, uh, and just the way he lets holes open up, and then uh, obviously has the physicality from adding all that weight and getting so much stronger that. He runs through a lot of arm tackles. He eludes a lot of guys going low, with kind of that hop step uh, move he does. And then, like you said, right the speed, the speed's still there.
2: Yeah. And final numbers, just to finish off what I was saying: one hundred thirty-seven carries for a thousand thirteen yards for right. Hurt had two seventy-seven for wow. twelve eighty-eight. So it's one hundred forty less carries. Yeah. And double more yeah, than over two hundred fifty-five less that's yards. Wild. So. Um, but yeah, Wright has turned into a great back here at Tennessee. I do think he's probably gone. Yeah. So I mean, just with how the running backs market is and ha- how the NFL treats running backs, you want to get in early, create that yeah. splash as early as you can. He's probably gone. But uh, yeah, great last year if it is. Yeah, and I mean that'll be the good side of it, you know, for him is that he he'll get for a yeah. for a
1: running back standard he'll come into the NFL with not a ton of carries and not a lot of damage already done, you know, yeah. to his body. He's taken less hits than most and I don't know. I'm not an NFL draft guru so I don't know where he'll go, but I would guess he'll be a top 5 running back in in the draft class compared to the rest of those guys. I'd imagine he'll have much less carries uh, coming into the NFL.
0: Yeah, and that's just kind of the way that seems like professional football is going, right? They, yeah. All these teams just have a stable of running backs and they got a couple that they like to use and so I absolutely think that he'll he'll get some good mileage next year or you know in the in the league whenever he whenever he so chooses. Um Kind of looking around at the sheet, we 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 hit on Nico a little bit, but certainly the fans were excited to see uh, Nico Imaliava on the field here in the regular season finale at home. Nico goes nine of twelve. He goes 66 yards. Uh, they did bring in Moore senior night at the very end to get him a couple touches on the field, uh, but I liked what I saw from Nico, and I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought his, his accuracy was good. He was he was making good decisions. He was getting the ball out quick. He had one nice play where the pocket really broke down. He, he kept his eyes downfield, but he did wind up scrambling out of the pocket and picked up a couple yards, so I thought that was a nice play. Uh, they didn't ask him to do too much, nor did they need him to do too much at no. all, but, hey, you go in, you complete 9-12. I thought that was a productive showing.
1: Certainly. Uh, a lot of screen passes, a lot of quick RPOs, and then a couple comeback routes. So, he, he was solid. Um Again, he's kind of did a lot of what he's done this year. A couple plays, he really one play scramble he made kind of off uh,
2: off script. Um, but, you know, I thought he was good. Yeah. No, I think it was good. And it was garbage time. But like you said, probably should have gone in a drive earlier. Yeah. Would like to see more. And I feel like this just kind of a trend of these games. It's like, man – could have saw more Nico tonight. Could have seen more Nico, yeah. but you know, naturally, just didn't happen. And Joe had great numbers because of it. But yeah, it looked fine, and uh, we'll see what happens in the bowl game with his usage.
1: Yeah, I didn't mind bringing Gas Moore more in. No, no, less than a minute. Yeah. That was I didn't. I'm sure. No, I didn't even see. It. I'm was, sure some people were worked up. I was in front that. of the student <laughs> section. They were booing to know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. I do. You know, maybe not a problems the right word. I but like you said, and like I said earlier, I would have gotten them in at least one drive earlier. And. and gotten him a chance to get some more real extended run. I will say I did like, especially his first drive, they kept a lot of the, the ones and twos in there with in there with him, so he was surrounded by
0: a pretty yeah. good supporting cast that first drive. Yeah. The second drive they got uh, a little bit deeper into the bench. Guys, any other final thoughts from what happened on the field today? Got some more kind of pre-game thoughts to get to, got some more off-the-field thoughts to get to, but uh, on the field, that's, that's a good point. We're on podcast, so you can't see what Jack is doing, but he's, uh, he's pointing over to the wrestling on TV, and I would imagine you're, you're pointing over to the field next. Well, nice little brouhaha there in the second quarter. A little kerfuffle. A melee. A melee. As the referee <laughs> referred to it. For anybody who, 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 I don't know if it came across on TV or anything, but the referee came out to start the second half of play, and he, he went back to kind of correct – the unsportsmanlike penalties that got called, he he kind of cleared the air there. But he did refer to it as a melee, <laughs> a melee. on the great. on the big speaker, and that got a big laugh out of all of us. No, that was fantastic, and
1: <laughs> the brouhaha was less fantastic. I mean, obviously, everybody saw it. A uh, couple plays blown dead. I so, mean,
2: so yeah, v- Vandy falls starts. They don't call it. Tyler Barron smokes AJ Swan. and I will say that one. I don't know. I heard the whistle easily. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah. But no flag, which I'm no sure flag. fired up Vandy a which little bit.
1: There probably should have been a
2: flag on that play. I'm, my, I'm fine with point. that. Yeah. But then the big one was the delay of game, and no one knew about yeah, it. no one had a clue. <laughs> well, after the fact. <laughs> and Swan gets sacked again, back-to-back hits on dead plays. And then, yeah. Clark Lee, he did it multiple times. He ran,
1: like, 20 yards onto the
2: field in a dead
1: sprint (laughs) at the official. There was a lot of jawing between Vanderbilt's offensive line and Tennessee's defensive line after that play, and the officials had no clue what was going on as they were trying to calm down Clark Lee. Yeah, they had no idea. And then the the next play was third and 39? Yes.
0: Well, and that only happens because Clark Lee gets gets the 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty.
1: And then Vanderbilt runs inside zone and (laughs) – Gets like five yards, <laughs> and it was a WWE match broke out. Like, there were yeah. multiple fights going on yeah. when that play. Yeah, ended.
2: down on Tennessee's sideline, like, really close and up, like, past the tee. So, almost on Vandy's sideline, there was two different sections of just war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Barron was, like, in the mix of it all on, as far as Tennessee side goes. and there Dominique was all, Bailey was the other the one. Vandy Vandy totally. yeah. so. was, the Vandy bench basically emptied. Yeah. And with the Vandy bench empty. that was – I feel
1: like they got – not that it was great. I feel like they got the players somewhat under control. Like it didn't take them too long. But then the coaches were yeah. yelling. I mean, there was nothing physical, but the coaches were yelling at each other, and not the head coaches, assistants, and probably you know, yeah, GAs, I believe you also said Kelsey Pope, right? Was yeah, one that was maybe I. I maybe. thought he saw Kelsey Pope. So, okay, but there yeah. was a lot of people. Yeah. In or- the-
2: not gonna point. Not gonna say that it yeah, was Kelsey yeah. Pope, but
1: but maybe maybe Kelsey Pope. <laughs> we, we don't really know. <laughs> we don't know. Um, Gotta check the footage. Check the footage. Yeah, but it, no, it was crazy. Are y'all ready for a take that no no ten- no one listening to this is gonna like? Yes, please. No, like, uh, granted, today I think this was more on, more on And the, and the officials. More on Clark Lee and the officials. Yes. Yeah. Than it was on Tennessee. This is the third time this has happened. This is the worst, but this is the third time this has happened in a Tennessee game this year. So
2: Florida and this, Missouri, too. Missouri. Yeah, that's right. It happened that's at the right. very end of the yeah. Missouri.
1: Again, the Missouri game was less – it's was more diminished. And I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Tennessee has culture problems or anything like that. That would be a bridge too far. That's something it needs to clean up. I mean, it's happened three times. And, again, I get today that it was, to me, more Vanderbilt than the officials' faults. But you still had Tyler Barron ripping a dude's helmet off and players getting unsportsmanlike contact penalties that were deserved. So, yeah, you know I don't know. No, no big takeaway and crucify Josh Heupel for this happening, but three times in one year is you know, about,
2: and, if not three more times than it should happen, it's at least two more times than it should happen. And, and I was shocked that at least Barron didn't get ejected or a, or a Vandy player because and that would have had ramifications for the ball game obviously. Yeah. So I think both sides were I wouldn't lucky. be surprised if we the SEC comes
1: in this week and, yeah. and hands a, a yeah. half
2: suspension or something like that. I think sure. that
0: could I think that could go as well and and you know Josh Heupel and, and the players I, I can't no, I guess it was the players who said it but somebody during the post game press conference they said, "Yeah, you know, the coaches were were they were on point. They were yelling at us on the sideline at halftime." hey, you want to play in the bowl game. Don't jeopardize anything to take you out of the bowl game because Tennessee needs to win that one as well. Uh, and so they were fortunate to not have anybody leave the game here on the field today. Like Ryan said, we'll, we'll see what happens. It did kind of, to Jack's point earlier, though, it did kind of look like a falls count anywhere, right? It was just stuff going on everywhere. I thought, I, I, at one point, I think I looked up in the, in, the, in the upper section and there were players fighting up there. So it, it was going on all over the place, but... Um, you know, certainly a certainly a, a memorable yeah. moment from the game today, and I think that kind of takes me to my next point. But you know, this is a Tennessee team that that is quite banged up right now. The the injury list was huge coming into the game today. Uh, I think that was easily evident to see on the field. Uh, but this is a Tennessee team that's banged up late in the year, and they got some good production out of the out of the next guys up today. Uh, but we'll see how that kind of carries forward over the next month and into bowl season.
1: Yeah, we will, and they could get a couple of guys back for the bowl game, but. You know, just as a whole, um, it it feels... You know, the bowl game, you don't know who's going to play. There's going to be guys that are out. There's going to be guys that enter the transfer portal and are no longer with the team by then. So that's kind of a a crapshoot to begin with. So it'll be interesting to see who Tennessee has out there in the bowl game. But a conversation for maybe a month down the road or so.
0: Yeah. Uh, Real quick, uh, unless you guys have anything else on the field, uh, going to pregame a little bit, today was Senior Day. uh, And there was a laundry list of players that went through Senior Day. We have written about it over on RocketUpInsider.com, so I encourage you to go over and check that out. Uh, I will read out the list of players, just super, super quick. I'm gonna read out the list of players that did go through Senior Day. It's a long list, so Jack, Ryan, if you guys wanna go grab us a snack in the meantime, go ahead, uh, and then on the other side, Ryan will tell you kind of the key players that did not go through Senior Day. So here are all the players that did go through the Senior Day walkouts. Amari Thomas, Gabe Judy Lally, Will Albright, Austin Lewis, Roman Harrison, Aaron Beasley, Braden Krivish, uh, D. Williams, Karat Garland, Quaze Garland, Isaac Green, Tyler Barron, Wesley Walker, Gaston Moore, Parker Ball, John Campbell Jr., Omar Norman Lott, Joe Milton, Jack Jancic, Michael Bittner, Jeremiah Crawford, Kamal Haddon, Hunter Salmon, uh, Alton Stevens, Jalen McCullough, McCollin McCullough, Castles, Ollie Lane, Jacob Warren, Ramel Keaton, Jabari Small, Charles Campbell, Brandon Turnage, Warren Burrell, Elijah Simmons, and last but not least, Brew McCoy. So that's a massive list uh, that did go through Senior Day walkouts. We'll see what happens. But there's also a, a couple of key names that were left off that list.
1: Yeah, so seven seniors who didn't go through Senior Day. Dane Davis, Danico Slaughter, Jackson Lampley, Tamarion McDonald, Cooper Mays, Keenan Peely, and Javante Spragans. You see, that's the restarters on that list. Tamarion, or Dane Davis and Danico Slaughter are both backups who have played a lot over the last two seasons. Um, So, you know, big names, and certainly just because they didn't go through senior day doesn't mean that they won't leave. That's obviously still a possibility, but obviously kind of. It doesn't mean that the guys that did go through won't come back, but it kind of gives us an indication that at least the guys that didn't go through that they're seriously considering coming back, and I think it's not hard when you start projecting and looking towards next season and what Tennessee loses on the offense line. I think it's not hard to say, wow, Tennessee – would be a massive bonus if they could get Cooper Mays and Javante Sprague back for another season. Obviously, all those guys I think would be nice, but those are two that I look at like they need those guys to yeah. come back because mm-hmm. John Campbell will be gone, Ollie Lane will be gone, Gerald Mincy has another, maybe even two more years. I think he's a redshirt junior. Um, but then behind that, more guys to leave and a lot of very unproven guys, um, some that we saw today. So uh, those will be kind of the two decisions I'm maybe most honing in on. And Brooma too, would probably be the other one. Obviously, he went through a senior day.
0: Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a report this week that Cooper Mays said he was, he was going to come back, so we'll obviously... Not we... come back, that oh. he wasn't
1: going to go through senior
0: day. Okay, that he wasn't going to go through senior day, and that's exactly what transpired.
1: Correct. Okay. He said he was not sure
0: what... <laughs> About the decision on coming back but that he was not going to go through senior day okay there you go so a lot of decisions to be made we will have full coverage of all of that going on here in the next month or so as these decisions start to come out whether it be before the bowl game or after the bowl game but again just a a laundry list of players that did go through senior day again you can go and find that on rockytopincitor.com uh but yeah tennessee's been stockpiling depth through through uh the recruiting trail over the last couple of years, it's players that I know the fan base has been excited to see, has been anticipating to see, and I think certainly next year is when you start to see a lot of those players hit the field for the first time and in meaningful roles as well. Yeah, and great job laying that out, guys, and keeping track of it during
2: pregame. And you know, you guys obviously laid it out for the people. But if I'll add something. No freshmen, sophomores, or juniors went through senior day, too. So there's that. <laughs> there you go. No, it's funny you said Thanks for that adding thing. that in. Jackie That's said this thing at
1: the start about it being like 7 7 in a snap. That was, I had the same thought because I, I was writing that the who did and didn't go through that I'd started during pregame and I didn't get done with it until about the time Vanderbilt scored that second touchdown. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I missed so much. Yeah. And I look up and it's like four minutes into the game. I was like, yeah. okay, it's just been a lot of stuff that's <laughs> happened very quickly.
0: It was. It, it was some very quick scoring. And we'll
1: have uh, you know, tons of stuff on, more on that and then more on also on Monday to seniors that have eligibility remaining and who can come back compared to the seniors who are out of eligibility. So we'll be yeah. tracking that. We'll be tracking Transfer Portal. Um, as Josh and I talked about a little bit post-game It. This is about the busiest time of year for coaches, between recruiting portal, your own players into portal, players deciding whether they're going to come back for another year. So uh, the regular season may be over, but December is a very hectic month for football decisions, and we'll have you covered on all the content you need to know.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it, guys. Any other kind of final thoughts? I'm looking up on my computer, and it looks like my computer is going to die here soon. So uh, any other kind of final thoughts? Any other uh, wrap-up statements from the game today, from the regular season here in Knoxville?
2: No, nothing uh, for me. Just like in about a month, probably be headed to the Sunshine State. I mean, a month from today is Christmas, but a little after that, oh, wow. feels like Florida is the spot for Tennessee to play their last game yeah. of the twenty twenty three season officially. Yeah, it feels like probably Gator Bowl, but you know, I want Tampa. What do y'all want?
1: Oh. if you had to pick, I've already told you. If I had to pick, I'd pick Nashville. Nashville. So <laughs> I guess I, I, get ah, so I don't. I've already been to the Gator Bowl. I've been to Tampa. I don't have like any huge desire to go to these places. That's fair. I want to go to Raymond James. That's, that's yeah, and I have have been to Raymond James. I haven't covered an Outback Bowl, so that will you know that would be that would be nice. And I have some family in the area, so I guess Outback Bowl. There you go. If I
0: can't choose the twenty five minute drive to Nissan Stadium for my parents' <laughs> house, I'll choose the Outback Bowl. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, thank you so much for following along with the podcast here throughout the season. We've had phenomenal numbers, and the numbers have continued to rise. So, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for coming back to listen as we've tried to break down these games uh, through the 12-game schedule that Tennessee just completed. And like Jack just alluded to, we will be there for full bowl game coverage just like we have each and every game so far this season. Wherever Tennessee does land, we will be, whether it be Jacksonville, Tampa, Nashville, wherever it be. So, uh, with that being said, again, big thank you to everybody out there listening. Big thank you to everybody who shares our content. Uh, yeah we, we Our 100% goal is just to provide the best content that we can to you, the loyal fans. So again, big thank you to everybody coming off of Thanksgiving and moving into December uh, as we now move into bowl season. It's right here on the horizon. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and get out of here. Thanks again for listening to the show today. If you want to follow Ryan Shumpert on Twitter, we'll go ahead and do that. I highly recommend it. At rshump00, same thing for Jack Foster to my right. If you want to follow him, you can do that at Jack Foster Media. And if you want to follow myself, you can do that at Rick underscore Butler. But otherwise, we're going to head back up uh, into the press box room. We're going to go finish our work. I might continue to watch my pay-per-view here. But that being said, we're going to wrap this thing up. So big thanks again. For Jack, for Ryan, I'm Rick. We'll see you back during bowl season. Thanks for listening to the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass Podcast.